0: I want to read to you something that randomly popped into my mind in prayer this morning, and that was the verse Matthew 28 and 20. Sure enough, I just read Matthew 28 and 20, and it says the following, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And that's the very end of the account of Matthew. Well, today we want to look into this last part of the Great Commission. And I want to emphasize how important this last part is because it tells you to teach at the beginning of the Great Commission and it tells you to teach what specifically at the end. Because oftentimes we just leave it at just Matthew 28, 19. To go ye therefore, and to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we may read this part, but we kind of forget that it specifically says to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then in the King James, it has a colon. And then it says, and lo, I am with you always unto the end of the world. The whole emphasis at the end is just to teach what he commanded you. And not just one thing, not just two things, but all the things that he commanded. But without giving away too much at the beginning, I want to invite you all, my fellow Piscata's bros, and I think I'm going to start calling you Fisher sisters. Anybody here listening to this podcast in pursuit of being the best disciple makers that they can to join me for the next moment of their time. And as always, I am Amani Akins, and this is the Deeper Waters Podcast. We need Jesus to be with us. And I know it sounds like I'm just stating the obvious, but we as disciple makers need to have Jesus with us always. You see when jesus gave the great commission right before he told the disciples to go he stated the following he said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth and in this specific verse it didn't say that all power was given unto you now in the great commission and different other parts of the bible and in the beginning of absences you shall receive power when of course the holy ghost is upon you that is the spirit of Jesus Christ but it is vital that you read this in the context of this chapter and in this passage of the Great Commission because he starts off saying all power is given unto me and then at the very end he says and lo I am with you always even until the end of the world amen we need to make sure that Jesus is with us and It starts with receiving the Holy Ghost, but it doesn't stop at receiving the Holy Ghost. I know the first podcast of the season I mentioned about the difference between just having the Holy Ghost and actually putting on the Spirit of Christ. Not that they're two separate things because it's not, but it's actually submitting to the Spirit and following and obeying the Spirit and His teachings in all His ways. Now, how exactly do we discern? what his word is and what's just our thoughts and what's just anything in between well of course it's his commandments and his commandments are in the word of course all power was given unto jesus who is literally as john describes it the word is the light he's the word and we have plenty of the word and it's not just his life but even in the old testament we have the word to follow after what his commandments is, what God's commandment ultimately was. That was his word wrapped in flesh. So I want to go into a new direction with this podcast. Not a different direction, but a new direction, a deeper direction. I want to dive deeper into what it means to be a disciple, not just to create disciples, but really effectively embodying what it means to even be a disciple in the first place. So, of course, we're going to continue talking about all aspects of discipleship, but I'm really feeling an unction to go deeper into what it means and what Jesus meant and what we need to do and be as disciple, disciplined ones, following after Christ. So, one of the first scripture texts I want to start off with is in Psalm 19. So, I'm going to read the whole chapter, and you'll see why in a moment. So, starting with verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and right, righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than m- honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, them by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is their great reward. Who can understand his errors cleanse thou me from secret faults keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me then shall i be upright and i shall be innocent from the great transgression that the word of my mouth words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight o lord by strength and my redeemer now the beginning of that might have seemed kind of random, but I think it's interesting that David was able to see the beauty of God's creation and the laws of his creation, not even just talking about the book itself and the different words that in the laws and the commandments that God gave his people, but just observing and seeing the revelation of. How the sun and the moon and the heavens and the sky, how just how just how things operate naturally and how they have a order to things and how they just have a way that they go about things and then he goes right into the law of the Lord and how perfect it is. And it kind of reminded me the very beginning of this, and this was not even necessarily in my notes for today, but it kind of reminded me of how I was talking about. This past, these past few weeks i have been pulling a lot of weeds, and it reminded me of how, as I started to unplug from a lot of things, just listening to music and even sermons all the time, it just started to, outside of my prayer time, just to enjoy, and not even really enjoy, but to just really live life, and live life as it is, and the amount of things that you notice, even in the little things, as I was talking about in that last episode, how I was noticing a lot about weeds as I was pulling out weeds from different areas of the ground. Some parts of the ground were hard. It was almost like complete rock and it was weird. It was like, this is literally just dirt, but somehow it is still rocking and it took a whole lot more effort to get stuff out of that. But there's so many other times in my life where I would just be looking at stuff in nature and just how things naturally work and seeing different godly and spiritual principles out of that and that's just how amazing god made this world but that was just a side that part was for free but the part that i really wanted to focus on was verses seven through nine In verses seven it says the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple many times in the bible in the Old Testament, when it refers to the simple, it's usually referring to somebody who's simple minded, almost f- basically foolish. So continuing on, it says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord are true and right, just all together. So, Simply reading his word is one of the most effective ways to minister. I know a lot of times, especially in this modern world, where we want to be super creative and innovative, and I'm not saying there's no necessity for that. I mean, I was literally just talking about the creativity of God and seeing God in that just in nature. But what I am talking about is sometimes we tend to Overcomplicate sharing the gospel. Like, I have to have this packet. I have to have this and that. And there's so much that comes out of simply just reading his word. Simply reading his word and getting that it goes into your heart. What you look at, everything that you look at, whether it's God or not, will have an effect on you. But simply reading his word and using his word and looking at his commandments, that is where conversion happens it converts your soul. It changes your soul. It cleans your eyes. It shines light in your eyes just simply by reading his word and really by speaking that name, which is the word Jesus. And even bringing the New Testament into this in Ephesians, there's a part where it talks about husband and wife and kind of comparing the church and your relationship with God with that. But there's a certain part in this comparison in Ephesians 5 and 26, where it says that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, by his word. It's hearing his word that cleanses us. Now we have to do our own part of repenting and stuff like that, but this is a very practical tool that God gave us to just read his word. Reading his word, is a. it has cleansing power. Speaking the name of Jesus has cleansing power. And As I mentioned, me reading the whole chapter, this is why I'm reading so much word. It's simply, as I mentioned earlier, the most effective way to minister. That is the power of the world. It's literally just a practical tool, not something that I made, but that the Bible says itself. Using his word, using his law, using his commandments is one of the most simple ways to get ourselves clean. Getting that word into our heart. It is where conversion happens. Now, Don't get me wrong. I have a lot to say personally, but you can't say that you didn't get a word from this podcast because this podcast is going to be based off of the word. God's word will always be here in this podcast. Not that we didn't talk about God's word before in the past, but there's a lot of times where I wanted to cut some things short, perhaps for the sake of time or just to get a point across, but there's so much more power that's going to come from reading his word, than from making the point that I want to make. Now, like I said, you didn't just come here to hear the Bible only, because you can just listen to the Bible app for that. But that is so important, not just for this podcast, but also in discipleship. This podcast will not only teach discipleship, but how to be a disciple, and to train as a disciple. We need to also exercise our focus more. We need to be able to listen more just to speaking in general. It's very hard because we've been trained in this generation to have a very narrow focus and to always need something to be popping out. When when you're paying attention, there's so many things in the Bible that can pop out. And even in your life in general, when you start to quiet down and listen for God and start to see God in different things. But you have to have that patience. So I want to try to help exercise my focus a little more and to be able to read more. And this isn't just going to come from this podcast. I can only do so much as a podcast host. But I do want to encourage you guys to read more, to read longer chapters, to read longer passages. Now, if you're starting, I don't blame you. I love to read the book of Psalms. Psalms is a great place to start when it comes to reading the Bible as well as reading the Gospels. But always push yourself to read a little further and really read until you see something pop out. And even if you see one thing pop out, that doesn't mean you have to stop there. Oh, I got my revelation for today. Let's stop there. Keep digging deep because there's so much that comes out of that. There's so much, as I mentioned, cleansing power, but there's so much knowledge and there's so much understanding that you can get simply by reading his word. That is where the conversion of the soul happens and it continually happens as you continue to read, your mindsets start to change and get better and closer to God. We are continually changing and conforming to that image until he comes. So we should always continually be cleansing. We'll never be perfect. That is never that's that's not a destination that, that we can reach until we get to heaven. But we need to continually cleanse ourselves. Treat the Bible as your spiritual shower, <laughs> your spiritual bath. And if you're not reading the Bible, spiritually, you stink. You're going to stink. Your attitude's is going to stink. Your actions are going to stink. But when you are using this word, it's going to help you to cleanse different things out from you. And also, as you disciple, and you continue to use the word, and not just use your own words, but use his words when you're speaking. Now, of course, I'm not saying that you can't have an input. But... I'm just using, once again, the practical tools that are in the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And somebody has to speak that. And in this podcast, that's simply something that I'm here to provide as well. Jesus and the disciples quoted a lot of scripture and word in their preaching. Sometimes that was just about all they had to say. The majority of their, many of their sermons was what, is happening in the bible now they quoted different parts but that was the majority of the sermons you can look at for example when stephen when he's about to get stoned his sermon a lot of that was just the bible literally most of it was just the bible and the dialogue from the bible there wasn't really even anything that was added to it i'm not saying that, once again i'm not saying that you it's never necessary to do what the spirit leads you to do but don't over complicate it don't overthink about it jesus and his disciples quoted a lot of word in their preaching So It will never hurt you, it won't hurt me, to do the same thing when we are reaching out, and even when we're working on being better disciples in our own life. And If you don't know a lot of work, you still have plenty of time to learn it. I know one thing for me as I started to be more bold now at the current moment I'm at home, and I still have different opportunities to disciple, but when I'm more on a campus setting, or I'm not at home so much, and I'm at school, it's easier to be bold when you have that word in you. And when you have that word in you, and even if you don't have it in you, and you have it with you, when you know where to go, you may not have everything memorized. I did Bible quizzes before, and I have quite a few things memorized, and even areas of scripture memorized, but I don't have a lot of it. The whole thing memorized. But I do know where to go. And as you get yourself familiar with this, and you get this word into your heart and into your soul, and you meditate on it, it'll be pleasing to God. If you meditate on His word, it'll be pleasing to God, and He'll give you the strength as you continue to meditate on His word and to get them into your heart. So when you start to reach out to people, you will be effective. And especially if they're a Christian and you've already establish that connection and you may not agree on some essential truths, if you agree on the authority of God and his word, there's not much to argue because you're not arguing. You're not even really arguing. There's nothing to argue about because you're not making any sort of addition or any sort of interpretation a lot of times when you're just presenting the word as it is. There's so much power in trusting the word and just the simple commandments of God But a lot of times we want to add and we want to make these huge explanations. And a lot of times there's no real need for doing all that. There's no need for using big, fancy terms because the word of God will make sense to even the most simple minded people. Even somebody who is simple, it will make them wise. Now, of course, there's going to be words that people aren't going to fully understand in the Bible. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of times we try to over-complicate it and over-make it too fancy or anything like that, and it's it's fine the way God created it. We don't have to add our little season into it all the time. We must simply remember that it's not by our might, and it's not by our power, but it is by His Spirit and by walking with Him. And the only way we know what is His Spirit and what is us and What is another spirit is by testing everything by the word. The Bible says to test every spirit and really you have to take every thought into captivity. And the only way that you know which thoughts are of God and which ones are not is by having that word in your heart. This is the guideline. This is the commandments. This is how you know what is leading you and where you're going. And if you're following the right thing or if you're following yourself or if you're following your own heart or your own mind, we're not supposed to be doing that. So we must be walking in agreement with God. We must walk in agreement with the spirit and in agreement to his commandments. As I mentioned, that radical obedience and that humility that to say, no, I don't always know what to do, but I know that as long as I'm with Jesus, he'll give me the words to say and he'll give me the things to do and putting his word and speaking his name. That's simply where all the power comes from. So right in line with talking about walking in agreement with god i want to focus this next portion on talking about amos chapter three now i want to give a background of amos he's a prophet in the bible he had a lot of judgment words to say half of his beginning half the beginning of his book was just talking about how not just for Three or four reasons, or three or four transgressions, but there's many reasons why people were getting judged. And it wasn't just for Israel, it's for He is just handing out different judgments. But by chapter three, He starts speaking to Israel, and He had a lot of stuff to say to Israel the most. And picking up in verse one, He says, Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up out from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth, where there is no gin or tract for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth, and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his his secret uh, unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken. Who can but prophesy? Now, there's a couple things I want to clarify. For example, in verse 6, when it said an evil, this was referring to a calamity. So, if there's any trouble, if there's any, not actual evil, but if there's any event that happened, a calamity, a judgment that happened, it came from the Lord. As I mentioned before, this is in the Old Testament, this is not in the New Testament. And this was speaking to the children of Israel. But I thought it was very interesting that it said you were chosen, a chosen people. And I did so much for you. I brought you out of the land of Egypt and I chose you to be an example to the world. But you didn't want to be in agreement with me. You didn't want to follow after my laws. In fact, at this time, they were doing exactly the opposite. They were nonchalantly serving him. They were they would give him sacrifices. They would. You, they would do the religious game, but they weren't serving him in his hearts. So they weren't really devoted to him alone. And that just kind of reminded me back to what I was talking about at the beginning with this great commission to teach people to obey all my commandments. We cannot be halfway stepping with God. We have to walk in complete and total agreement. There's no real iffy areas when it comes to what he said. He said what he said. He said what he says in his word. He said what he said about sin. He said what he said about being disciplined. He said what he said about having a prayer life. He said what he said about living a Christian life. So it's important that we fully walk in complete and total agreement and submission and obedience to him because that's the only way that we can walk with them. Otherwise, we may be filled with the Holy Spirit, we may be baptized, and we may have repented once, but we are not living a lifestyle of repentance, because repentance means to not just be sorry for something, but to continually turn and humble yourself, and to say, I'm not good enough. It's not just about saying sorry. Now, it is about saying sorry if you did sin, Mm -hmm. but a lifestyle of repentance is also a lifestyle of humility, A lifestyle of continually living within God so you don't just stop with okay I did these three steps and I'm done and I'll tell a couple people about the gospel and kind of just live my life no the good news is that he made a way and he gave us outlines now we do have Liberty as Christians I'm not saying that you don't have any freedom in fact it's through the commandments that he gave us and through the instruction that gives us new life and gives us things and it gives us boundaries to stay away from. It's through his word that we got new life. It's through his word that our souls were converted and he gave us these laws and commandments, mainly these commandments, because the law is is very easy to confuse the law of the old Testament with just the commandments that God wanted you to do, even from the beginning and what Jesus told us to do to love our neighbor to live a loving life, to do everything with love, but that love also is obedience. You can't have love without obedience, and you can't have obedience without love. You can't just be obedient and tell people about God but not be loving. You have to obey all of it. You can't just pick one or the other. You can't. I love, I listened to one of the Because of the Time speakers. I don't remember which one it was. I want to say it was T.F. Tinney, but he said, love without holiness is not God's love and Holiness without love is not God's holiness. And those are just two aspects, especially that apply with the believers who are trying to live a modest life and trying to live a holy life. But it doesn't stop there. You can't be patient, but have no self-control. You can't have one thing. You can't have prophecy and not have order. You can't have one thing without the other. You have to obey God and everything, and his word is the guideline for that. That is how we continue walking, and we continue walking evenly, and we continue walking consistently. That is what will give us the strength, and that will make sure that God is with us. I love, as I mentioned before, in the Great Commission that says, teach them all my commandments, and lo, I will be with you. We need to have him with us at all times, and not just having the Holy Spirit, but actually obeying the Holy Spirit and learning his voice, and learning his leading, leading and guiding, and having his word truly in our heart. That is how we live. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. But while we're living, we have to live in complete agreement, walking in complete agreement with God. Now, there's a chapter in the Bible that I read about a year and a half ago, Now, I want to say it's a year and a half ago that really changed how I approach my prayer life and how I approach the different things of God. And that is Ephesians one. And I know it sounds crazy, but I've read the Bible through multiple times. But there's this one time when I really paid attention to the whole chapter and what it was really saying and what it was really guiding. I realized that there's so much more. That's one thing about the Bible. The more that you read it, the more that you meditate, as we talked about earlier, meditating on that word, the more revelation that you get. And there's always something new that you can get out of it every single time you read it. I'm telling you, this is the whole point of this podcast and not just this podcast, but this specific episode that you cannot ever go wrong by reading the word. You cannot ever go wrong by Just simply going off of what Jesus said. That's exactly what most of the sermons of the New Testament were. We're just quoting just what the Word and the Prophets and what Jesus said. So starting with verse 1, we have the salutation from Paul. And then he goes right into the scriptures. So it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. I have to stop right there already. It's by the will of God that he was apostle. Is by the will of God that he's doing what he's doing. It's not because he decided that, oh, today I want to be a teacher or today I want to be a preacher or today I want to do this or that. It has to be in the will of God. You cannot self appoint yourself into any position. Now, what am I saying here? I'm not saying that there are no apostles today. I believe in the full fivefold ministry, but you'll know people by their fruits and you have to be in that will of God. You have to be in agreement. As I mentioned this whole time, you have to know what the will is for your life. You won't always know everything about what God's plan is, but you do need to work to understand what the will of God is. And also, you definitely need to understand what his commandments are and what his instruction is, because if you don't have instruction, you will not be fulfilling the purpose of your life. You'll be living a vain life that I talked about this last podcast. So I'm going to try to finish reading the whole chapter without making any interruptions, but I definitely cannot guarantee that because that already spoke to me. So picking back up at verse one, it says Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, and who? Christ in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated unto us unto adoption, of the children of Jesus Christ himself, according to good pleasure and of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, which means understanding. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Purpose Purpose in himself. As I mentioned, it's in Jesus is all the power, not us. But if we have Jesus, then we do have all the power. So he's purposed it in himself. Picking up at verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together and 1. All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also Heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints is and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead being set and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world to come and he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, fullness of him that fitteth all and all. There's so much power packed into this one chapter of Ephesians. And I know I talk a lot about verse eighteen and verse seventeen where it talks about asking for wisdom and revelation from him. That comes through Jesus Christ. But I also love that it says he's not only the head of the church now, but he's going to still be the head of the church later. There's no other name. And that's one thing I do want to talk about for a second, because I know with different debates about oneness and Trinitarianism and how you understand how God manifests himself or how you understand if he even manifests himself at all that that's not even really what it's all about there's one name there's only one way there's only one thing that we can trust in there's only one way that we can go and that is through jesus christ and that's not even only for now for the church but it's also for the world to come jesus is the only name that we can call him because who does all power come from it's jesus he has all power for now and forever And he always did because he was the word. It was what God created. He is God. He's his word. It's one thing. And that's the only thing. That's the only name that we have that we can trust in. So we must continue to follow in his word because when we continue to follow in his word, that's when we discover purpose. He knew us before we were born. He knew us and he already predestinated. I know i continue talked about Continue to talk about predestinated all of us really were predestinated but we don't always follow our destiny but we have been predestinated when we have came into the adoption of christ to be children of him and to do good things in accordance to his will so as long as we are in alignment with his will even how i talked about that at the very beginning with paul it was the will of god for him to be an apostle We will never find the will of God, even if you have the Holy Ghost, even if you got baptized, even if you got repentant, and even if you're serving in a ministry, if you are not praying and if you are not submitted to the commandments, but also the will of God, you must be in complete step with God or else you're going to feel vanity. You're going to feel like you don't have purpose. The only way that you can step into your purpose and you can step into the power is if you're in the place where he gave you the power at you need to be where he told you to be you need to be walking in the plan that he gave you that is where purpose comes from as we mentioned earlier in verses 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling you get hope through your calling it's not just being saved but you also receive hope when you are in your calling When you're in what he calls you to be, because you can be in the church per se, but you may not be in your calling. You need to make sure that you're not just in the church and you're not serving for the church, but you're also being the church and being who he called you to be. And it's only then that you will truly enjoy the fullness of the inheritance. You're not going to feel like you don't have any purpose because you're following where he leads you. You're being fully obedient. When he tells you to pray for that person, you're being fully obedient when he tells you to do a Bible study. You're being fully obedient when he tells you to not do something, not just in his word, but also when he gives you that impression to do something or not to do something, which is in alignment with his word. The only way you know that impression is from him is through his word and getting to know him in prayer. As I mentioned, through his word, you know what the guidelines are. And then you will be stepping in purpose and you will be stepping in alignment with him. We have to be walking in alignment with Jesus. We must be in full and total agreement with Jesus because that, as I mentioned from the beginning, is where all power comes from. So we need to make sure that we're not only going in some direction, but we're going in the new direction. And it's really not a new direction. but you need to go in the new direction with the new body, the new, the new life. You need to live a new life and not, not just going into an old life of sin. Cause that's kind of obvious, but you have to let go of your will. You have to let go of your way. You have to trust God in all your ways. As I mentioned, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 125. They that trust in the Lord will not be removed. Cause the moment that you stop trusting, is the moment that you're going to fall out of purpose, even if you stay in the church for the rest of your life, even if you never decide to truly leave the church. Tr- it's not trusting the th- just the church as a physical location, but you have to trust the head of the church. So I'm not talking against the church at all. I'm just talking about what is the head of the church. So it's not just being in the church, but being submitted to the head. What's the point of an eyeball that's detached from the head? It's not a part of the body. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you're not being helpful at all to the body because you're technically still a part of the body, but you're not attached to it. You have to be attached to the head somehow. All the blood veins, they go back to the head. So you have to make sure that if your finger, you're not cut off, that you, if you're any part of the body, that you are fully attached to him and submitted to his purpose. Because if you're attached to the head, then you will actually be able to move how you're supposed to move. If you're not attached to the head, because Our heart, it pumps, it gives us energy. Our hands, they can grab things. Our eyes, they can look around, but it's only with the direction of all those signals. They come from the head. So we must be completely submitted to the head. And that's where the revelation comes from. That's where the direction comes from. We may not know the full lifetime plan, but he will give us just enough light to where you know where to go. And you will have the faith to step out on that. But you have to trust him in all your ways. And then you will have that hope. And then you'll be walking in the power. Because he gave us all power. But to operate out of that, you need to be in his will for that moment. If he tells you to pray for somebody, if you pray for them in that moment, something's going to happen. It's not always about an emotional thing. See, a lot of times we can equate emotions with what is spiritual. But we've talked about this in our podcast before. But sensuality and... Spirituality, that's where there's a fine line between that. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing emotional about spiritual things, but you cannot judge spiritual things by emotional things because then you're operating out of the flesh. The way that the Bible says to operate out of the spirit, that's completely not related to the flesh. So the flesh is going to do what it's going to do. So we need to make sure that we know and the only way to know is to study it. And to read it, study to show your own self-approved. We have to work out our own salvation. And we also have to work to be submitted to our own purpose within Christ. Not our own written purpose, but the purpose that was given to us as an individual. And we can only find that in Christ. So following that, in Philippians 3, starting with verse 1, it says the following. Finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Now just to clear up what he meant by that, he was writing the same commandments, the same words, the same things to the people. Not to be tedious, not to be grievous, but to keep them safe. When we are in his word and we read his word over and over again, it's not to be tedious. But it's to keep you safe it's to keep you clean it's to wash you as we mentioned earlier so picking up with verse two it says beware of dogs beware of evil workers beware of the concision for we are the circumcision which worship god in the spirit and rejoice in christ jesus and have no confidence in the flesh now he's addressing the different people who were trying to do things through the flesh there was some different traditions with circumcision and the Jewish traditions, but this is what he was addressing to get out of the flesh. It's not about practice. It's not about rituals, but it's about doing what God is leading you in the spirit, as I was mentioning earlier. It's not about certain traditions. It's not about certain things that you think are a part of a ritual, but it's about what the spirit is actually leading you to do and what his word actually says and Jesus's commandment is for us now. So. Picking back up in verse 3, it says, We are the circumcision which worship in God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and Christ Jesus, where all power comes from, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he hath where he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law of blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So Paul was just talking about his old life. He was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He was somebody who was a Pharisee. He followed laws. He was in before the church he was a jew so he was still quote-unquote following god uh before jesus came and the new church was established but he was doing all these things in the flesh and he was doing all these things that were ritualistic but when he came to christ and he finally actually accepted christ in his life he counted those things for loss he let go of those things and started to follow god wholeheartedly not in the flesh but in the spirit not doing things that are outward, but doing things that are inward and of the spirit and being led by God fully. So, once again, in verse 8, it says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of who? Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, completely worthless dung." By any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either we were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting all those things which are behind me on my old ways, and reaching forth to those things which are before or ahead. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect or whole, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, and let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. And whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So once again we see that all things. And all power is given to God. And when we come to him, we are subdued. Our will is subdued, but it also is conformed to him. As you start to serve him and as you start to give certain things up, even if you don't want to in the moment, people will call this legalism nowadays. But that's what being a disciple is, is to give up your will, not my will, but yours be done. That's how God taught us how to pray. So when you start to do this, you start to become conformed and you start to live a better life. You start to become more like Christ. And I love what it says, pressing on towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ. You have to be in Christ and in the will of Christ and in his power in order to get that power, in order to get his will. And even if you're not, you have to pray. You have to continue to work with him and he will reveal unto you if you're not in his will. I love what verse 15 says. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, meaning whole, be thus minded, and if anything be otherwise minded, God will reveal it. When we talk about praying for revelation, pray for that revelation. Are Am I in the purpose that God called me to be in? God will reveal that to you. God will reveal to you if you are in his purpose or if you're slightly off, if you're just a slight bit out of the calling, God will reveal that to you. It says the right here in his word. And that's how we have power. Now, if you're doing anything else, if you are quote unquote in the church and quote unquote baptized, quote unquote, even have the Holy Ghost, but you're not walking in alignment with Christ, you are an enemy of Christ. You're becoming an enemy of the cross when you are being led by your flesh and writing your own story. You are not in alignment with God now. What I'm not saying is because you don't feel like you're fully in your purpose that you are an enemy of Christ. That's not what I'm saying at all. But as we begin to write our own story and become the head of our own life, we will slowly start to shift into our own way of thinking in our own mind, which is flesh. And we will slowly start to become an enemy of Christ instead of becoming a friend of Christ and a child of God. So we must make sure that we are fully submitted and that we are fully led by all the commandments of God. Because like I mentioned in the beginning, the Great Commission, it's in Christ. We must have that power. All power is given to him, not us. So as long as we have him living inside of us and we are walking in agreement with him living inside of us, then we will see his will fulfilled. Then we will have hope. If you feel despair, there's something that is off. Now, I'm not saying that you will always be happy. I'm not saying that you will always you know, never have any trouble, but you will always have hope when you know that you're in the calling. When you know for surety that you are doing exactly what God called you to do and you continue to press and to give all that you can to do what he told you to do and what he called you to do and serve in the best way that you possibly can. That Is where he wants you to be. That's what he called us to do. Not just to be disciples without a guide. He is our guide. He is our head. Jesus is where all the power is. And his word. So don't ever get bored reading his word. His word is the guide. And even if you feel like in the moment that. Oh this is just so much work. And I'm getting tired. You're getting attacked. You need to push through that tiredness. You have to push through the flesh. And continue to read. And even if you feel like you've been reading for a long time, it's cleansing. You You can never be too clean and you're always going to need to continue cleaning. You cannot just clean once. Oh, I got my Bible for the day. I got my Bible for the week. No, continue cleaning. You want to stay clean throughout the day. You want to stay clean throughout the week. Now, You, you may not always have time to read all the time. I get that. But you want to make that a priority because as you are clean and your eyes are clean and everything is clean, you're going to be working in the fullness of that he called you to be in. And you'll be able to, if your eyes aren't clean, you're not even going to be able to see right. So we need to continue to work in his commandments, teaching them all things. We also need to make sure that as we try to teach as disciples, that we are walking in the teachings, because at the end of the day, we are the teachers, but we didn't make the curriculum. We are teachers, but we didn't make the curriculum. We didn't make the commandments. He made the commandment. So we need to make sure that we are actually following after the greatest teacher. We are actually following after God and we are fully submitted to his plan. So now before I end this podcast, I want to read one more section of scripture. And don't worry, I will not be reading all of Acts 2. But I want to read Acts 238 and beyond. Not just read, but a lot of apostolics. Or a lot of people like to quote, but beyond. So it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent ye, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that's the first part of the Great Commission. Now what is what is said after this? For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then it states this. verse 40, and with many words, he did testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So he had more to say that wasn't even fully recorded, but he was saying, save yourselves. He was using the word. He was continuing to preach. And what came? What was the result of this? Verse 41, it says, then they gladly received his word. See, it's the word that causes the conversion. They gladly received his word and were baptized that same day and were added them 3,000 souls to the church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in the fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. That fear of God that we were talking about that cleanses us and changes us in Psalms 19, that fear came upon them. And it talks about the fear of God, that respect of God, that Reverence for God. You have no other fear when you have full respect to God. And you'll be walking in his purpose and in his power. As it mentions here in verse 43. And the fear of God came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all all that believed had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods. And parted them to all men as every man had need. And continuing one another in one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and with singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This was the beginning of the church. They followed exactly what Jesus said to do, and then they were with one mind and one accord about it. They continued to live common. They didn't live above their means. They were starting to apply the different commandments. They gave up stuff. I'm not saying you have to give up everything that you have. I'm not saying you can't have nice things. But don't be so in your own life and so in control of your own life. Follow after what God is leading you. That little conviction you feel coming on, don't resist that. Because when you start resisting conviction, that's where you stop growing. And I know it's a dangerous prayer to pray. Oh, Lord, let me be convicted, but it's worth it. It'll bring you into purpose. It'll bring you into promise, not just stopping at receiving the Holy Ghost, letting that fear of God fully take control of you and walking in that fear of God. That's what the disciples did. As you read throughout Acts, you'll see that it says they walked in the fear of the Lord when they were fully in reverence to God. They were walking in purpose. That's what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord, to walk in full reverence to God, not partial reverence. Oh, you're a God and I put you first, but, you know, it's not first in everything. You know, you know, you have to have him first in every aspect of your life or an aspect of your life will be vain. You could be saved and not be fully walking in your purpose. But when you are fully walking in your purpose, you will be fully walking in the power because you will be fully walking and complete agreement with christ that's where the church began and that's where the church grew from and they continue to see people saved day by day by walking in full agreement to his word and walking in ultimately what god promised what will happen when you teach after this and you continue to walk after all my commandments not some of them not just the ones that we like but all the commandments then he will be with us then we will have his power then we will see his power at work And not just have the potential of power, but we'll see actively his power. So as I close out this podcast, I want to pray that we will be walking in accordance to his power, that we will be walking in this new direction. It's not really a new direction, but we're actually walking in the new direction and not just any direction and getting new life, but going in the same direction. We're going off slightly off the new direction, but walking in fully the new direction. Going the same places and doing the same things the same ways, it's not going to work for you. You have to go after what God is telling you to do. If he's telling you to do a new method and to do something new in discipleship, listen to him. If he's giving you a new way to do something that's in alignment with his word, or if he's telling you to give up something, be fully obedient. Let the fear of God come upon you. And I promise you, you will walk in purpose because that's what the word said, not me. So I'll pray right now that we are in accordance to this word. So right now, oh God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for everything that you provided for us. And I thank you for every single person that is listening to this podcast But more importantly, I thank you for the word that you gave us. I pray that you would give us revelation so that we walk in accordance to your purpose and we walk in accordance to your spirit and we walk in accordance to your word. I pray that that your word will begin to take root into every person's life that listens to this podcast and that you would birth a desire to continually be cleansed by your word, to continually walk in the fear of your word, and to continually grow in the knowledge of the fear of God and the knowledge of what is holy and to gain deeper understanding of the purpose that you have predestined in each and every person's life. I pray, Lord, that every person listening to this podcast will walk fully in destiny that is in Christ Jesus alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, that's all that I have for today. But continue to read the Word. There's so much value in the Word. That is where all the value is. That is where all the power is. It's in Jesus' name, and it's in the Word of God. So I encourage you to keep reading, to keep praying, and to pray for revelation, and to walk with purpose. So, as always, keep fishing, keep going deep into the Word, keep diving deep, and have a blessed rest of your day.